0: This is Eugenie Bondron from Conjurings 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, Fear of Rain, and Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. And you're listening to Don't Go Out There Podcast.
1: In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back everybody to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate it. We are pleased to be joined today by another legend of the business who has nearly 30 years worth of credits to her name, including The Hunger Games' Mockingjay, the new film Fear of Rain, and the upcoming Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Ms. Eugenie Bondurant, Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing?
0: Well, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for inviting me to be on your show. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you have you've had had a lot of cool people on your show.
1: Oh yes, ma'am. And we we thank you a lot for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, We like to kick all of our interviews off. Can you just tell us what got you into acting?
0: (laughs) An ex-boyfriend. Breaking up with the ex-boyfriend. That's what got (laughs) me into acting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, it's got to come from somewhere, and some people, you know, they, they, the minute they come out of the womb, they must be a thespian, but that desire, even though I was a big show-off when I was younger, uh, that didn't come into fruition until uh, I was long past graduating from college and, you know, past a career or two, and then there it was. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I was modeling, not in L.A., because my look in L.A. did not really jive, but, uh, and I was uh, out there for a boyfriend that I didn't move from New York, and we broke up, and a friend of mine who was teaching acting said, come join my acting class, and then I started working, and that was it. That's how it worked. I know. You know what? I teach as well. I teach acting and there's so many incredibly talented um, young men and women uh, and of course adults as well. I teach adults now, but you know, I also coach teens and they're going to college and they have such wonderful aspirations and And I think, golly, you have so much. It's They're so good. And uh, wow, it, it just amazes me that the talent that's out there and the access to training that people have now.
2: All right. That's awesome. Um, hi, Eugenie. I'm Joe. I'm a guest co host this week. Um, so you had a, Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, okay, so you've had a very unique career, one that's taken you from the runways of New York and Paris to featured roles in all sorts of films and television. Um, can you speak? to that a little bit and about your journey kind of how it started from runways to film sure of course of course um i didn't
0: realize you know i'm 6'1 and i'm thin and i come by it naturally please don't hate me for that but (laughs) it just it's one of those things and my physique is that way and very blessed um i i know i i am i I, I just have to thank my dad who was six, four and a half and very thin, so um, <clears throat> anyway, the it's been an, an interesting journey in that um, I'm not, I don't play the, I found out much later in my career, I realize that's the best word, much later in my career that I'm not going to always, I'm not gonna play the girl next door and it took me, I guess I'm thinking when I first started uh, working in film television, oh, well, you know, it would be nice maybe if I got, you know, an under five or something, just starting out on a soap opera. But then about 10 years later, I turned around and thought, what, am I a fool? I'm one, and I'm thin, and I'm angular. They're not going to book me. I'm way too tall than any of the leading men. And, you know, the the look is just not right. So... It's been an interesting journey, really um, understanding who I am and what my—I guess what people call it now—is brand. But um, how that is actually that works in my favor and how how beneficial it's been. It's it's been a terrific journey. I always thought it was beneficial growing up, but I didn't realize how it would help me in the future. And now now it's the future. So yeah, for sure. I don't know if that's the right answer to your question, but.
1: Oh, no, that's perfect. I'm kind of jealous of your height. I'm like five, I'm like 5'7" on a really good day.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, again, thank you, dad. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: My mom is 4'10", yeah. so that's where I get my height from. <laughs> no. no kidding. Uh, wow. Yes, ma'am. Uh, being that we're a horror movie podcast, we asked we have to ask you a few di- about a few different roles. I know one in particular Absolutely. I'm interested about. Uh, we all like, you know, B 80s horror movies. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your uh, role in Sorority House Vampires?
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So, first of all, everybody's, I feel like every actor has some sort of vampire movie in there or, you know, horror slasher flick or zombie film, B rated zombie film in their back pocket that they did when they were just starting out. That was my first um, film booking. And I was not a member of the union. I just started acting. And that uh role I you know, was booked as the lead vampire, of course, and the probably the only vampire. And then what ended up happening it was it's supposed to be this really fun, campy film. And I didn't know any different. You know, oh my gosh, I booked a film. I was so excited. And I I you know, I we film it, we're up in, what, Topanga Canyon or something like that for, you know, about three weeks filming or a month filming, and we're in the dirt, and I'm dressed, you know, my skin's falling off, and I've got to dance, and then I look like a beautiful vampire, and all this kind of funny (laughs) stuff. Well, later on, the producers uh, came back to me and said, oh, you know what, it's not, um, we can't, Japan isn't buying this film, so we've got to change it about, and they changed it, and now I'm in the film, as a film, in a film. And they hired all these you know, other women to play these really strange roles and it didn't turn out to be this campy, funny film. And it wasn't what I originally you know, used. And then they used my name that they shouldn't have done. It was just crazy. Doing it though, it was a blast. I mean, playing that role was a blast. It was the first time I'd ever had prosthetics. Uh, on my skin, and, you know, I, it was fascinating for me when, um, you know, when, when the makeup person would come and say, okay, now look, this is how we do your arm and the skin falling off, and, you know, you're being fried by the sun. I, thought, okay. I was like, okay, that's that's pretty wild. Pretty, you can't tell dirt from from the makeup, so if you get dirty, it's, you know, all part of it. Anyway, <laughs> there <awesome>. you go. <laughs>
2: All right, so you've been in a lot of things throughout your career, including Fight Club, Saturday Night Live, and even tossing around comedian Gene Wilder while playing Alice Cooper's favorite dominatrix on Something Wilder. Um, Do you have anything you can share from those experiences? I, you know, I have stories from every single thing that I've done. (laughs) It's been
0: an amazing, magical experience. And I think, um, you know, for me, that's part of my takeaway. I, I get to do this really fun job but I love, I love it, I love it. And um, Fight Club, I do have an odd story with that. I was dating um, the, the, this guy, and uh, I saw that script on his desk, and I and I said, Oh my gosh, what is this? And he said, Oh, uh, that's what Jim just wrote. Jim was his very good friend who wrote the script, and, and I said, Oh, no kidding. So I read it, and I, I, I mean, I couldn't. I, I just raced through it, and I said, Oh my gosh kind of film that of course while I'm reading thinking there are no roles for me in this film because it's primarily men and um, anyway long story short I ended up much later auditioning for it and I thought wow I just read the script I and mean, it's incredible and I now it, I had this, this small uh, you know crying scene and, and in Fight Club um, <laughs> Saturday Night Live was a blast Dana Carvey and Mike Myers are they were so much fun and uh Mike Myers was engaged to his wife then that's how long ago it was and oh wow you know I'm dressed in this crazy outfit with you know a dog collar and (laughs) fights and you know I've got heavy makeup on and my hair's flipped back and um very very Berlin uh 19 kind of 1920s Berlin looking and uh and Madonna comes forward into the scene. I mean, just all these fun memories. But I remember him saying, I remember Mike Myers saying, You know, I've got to kiss Madonna. And I don't know what my fiance is going to say about this, you know? sitting <laughs> <laughs> here so like laughing, going, Oh, you poor guy. You know, I, not that there's anything wrong with kissing Madonna. It's just. Yeah. I'm, Wow, you know you're in a relationship, and you know how do you explain to your fiancé? Oh, so yeah, but there were a lot of wonderful things about that, and working around with them, they are so funny, both of them together, incredibly funny. Um, and something Wilder, Gene Wilder, and Alice Cooper. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you get around I, just the, just the fact. I mean, I, I remember sitting in a chair and Alice Cooper is on my right and Gene Wilder is on my left and we're waiting for the for the, for the you know, for the next shot to be set wow. up. And I, I, I just thinking, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Wow, I'm speechless. <laughs> these two icons, I'm sitting in the middle, just between these two icons and we're ready, you know, waiting for our next scene to start. Um, having to maul Gene Wilder was very fun and there was, uh, in the audition, I thought, oh my gosh, this is my icon. I mean, I, I just, how, oh. uh in the callback, I had to, you know, he was there, and they said, well, why don't you just run the scene with Gene? And I'm looking at him. Now, I the first, you know, the first scene I have with him, I've got to rip his robe off, push <laughs> him on the sofa, did my elbow in his back, and crawl on top of them on the sofa. And I think, here is this wonderful human being who is hysterically funny and just, I, you know, I, I'm basically speechless, thinking, oh, mama, 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 mama. Mr. Wilder, uh, may I place my hands on your shoulders? Do you mind? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I anyway, knew it was a blast, and I had a, such a good time, and he was just wonderful. Yeah, those are just three takeaways from those three. This three shows, and one being a terrific experience.
1: Well, I can only imagine. Uh, you're starring in this new film, Fear of Rain, where you play Danny. You're co-starring with yes. some some big some big names in the industry, Catherine Heigel, Harry Connick Jr. To name a few. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yeah. that film?
0: Um, Madison Eisman plays Rain, and she has schizophrenia. The thing is, and it's her journey. So Catherine Heigl and Harry Connick Jr. are the parents of um, of Rain, and they play the parents of Rain, and I'm the next door neighbor, and also Rain's teacher. And there is a uh, relationship between you know their family and and. Me, of course, because when you're a neighbor, when it's a neighbor and a, and a teacher. So it's Rain's journey that we see, uh, the frightening, scary journey of what uh, someone with schizophrenia has and what they're going through and how they, how they can, uh, you know, what, what the difference is between what's real and what is not real and it's it's scary to be in their mind so that you're mainly in her mind and seeing what she sees and experiencing what she sees so as frightened and scared and confused as she is you are and it's uh it's an interesting journey so um the arc of the story only uh you know the the, the amount of time is just uh I don't know, just like a week or a couple of weeks or something like that is this is this time frame and what Rain thinks is true and not true. But, you know, it sheds light on everyone. Uh, you know, we all have issues and uh, we, you know, the next-door neighbor has, for what we think of the next-door neighbor, the role that I play, potentially has mental issues. I'm sure the father, who's played by Harry Connick Jr., has, is dealing with a lot of emotional, uh, a lot of emotional uh, things. Katherine Heigl's role of the mother, of playing the mother, is certainly dealing with issues as well. So it's um, it's a film. It's a wonderful film. It was incredible to work on that film with them, and work with that. Powerful talent, and even uh, the role that Israel Broussard plays—he's a, a wonderful human being, and he uh, plays a terrific, you know, a t- terrific balance to Rain. So I'd say oh, go out and see it.
1: Oh, absolutely! We That's watched fine. the trailer. And it looks it looks incredible. Yeah, I definitely I want to check to it that. out.
2: Yeah, for sure. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you I hope you get to see it soon, and I hope you enjoy it. So, thank you. Yeah, uh, it me looks it looks super good. <laughs> All right. So, one of our co hosts is a really big Star Trek fan. So, you played in three separate episodes of the Next Generation, playing two different characters. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. So Star Trek, again,
0: that was in the beginning of when I had no idea what was going on for what. And I, Star Trek was the only job. uh, I mean, I, I booked them all as background talent and very early on and That one, there's one episode where, uh, on the cliffhanger, where uh, it's set back in San uh, San Francisco, the 1800s, late 1800s, I think. Anyway, and I, I, the, the, uh, it's interesting our journey in our life and acting. The, it was a blast. Working with them, they made this beautiful dress for me and, you know, doing, doing, you know, working on Star Trek, it's just that at the end, so I'm a cliffhanger, I uh, kill uh, someone, and I thought, you know, innocently, just starting out, I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to have to bring me back the next season. So I tell my little agent who, you know, is barely holding on. Hey, uh, I was on Star Trek as a background talent and, you know, I was a big deal and I think they're going to bring me on next, uh, next, next season. And they're just looking at me like I've lost my mind. Right. So, uh, and they, I said, you should send my headshot to the producer which who knows whether they sent that or not to the producer, you know, really background talent. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm to find out sure enough about three or four months later, the production team calls me and says, Hey, guess what? Are you interested in coming back? I said, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> now mind you, I had done that little vampire film. I had done many commercials by then. I was already a member of the union, but I really had, barely start auditioning. I, I really, I, I was taking acting classes, but I was, what, a year out of that? I mean, I, you know, and so they said, well, they called me back a few more days, and they said, we actually want you to come in and read with the casting director. I said, okay, not knowing what in the world that was like to read for the casting director of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I go in, and I'm I leave, and I'm sobbing. I'm just like, it ah, was so awful. I was so awful. It was horrible. <laughs> and sure enough, I uh, get uh, fired <laughs> because, or no, no. they didn't call. They said, I'm sorry. We're gonna, you know, go a different direction, and they book someone else to play my role. <laughs> Oh no. And I'm glad they did. I mean, really, it it really gave me a wake-up call like, oh, wait, maybe I need more training if I'm going to audition for something like Star Trek, you know, <laughs> as a principal player. If I'm going to be in this game, I really need to do something about that. So, yeah. That's uh that was I I, I told you I teach I teach acting now and as well as uh, I'm an actress as well and I tell my students <laughs> Let me tell you, the only job I've been fired, that's Star Trek. It's, you know, it was a doozy. It hurt. <laughs> it hurt like crazy when it happened. But, it, you know, I laugh about it now. And it really shook me up and made me,
2: you know, behave, I guess. <laughs> I was about to say, well, something good happened because now you're a teacher. So, <laughs> well, all I'm right.
0: A I, you know, I'm an
2: actress and I, I'm booking these great roles. So that's, yeah. that's good. I'm doing something right doing Hmm. something right for sure (laughs) okay um you were also in the fourth hunger games as well um so we've had a lot of actors such as freddy krueger himself robert england on the show and it always interests us to know about the makeup process i know you kind of talked about a little bit just a minute ago but can you talk some more about that you
0: bet i can i love talking about that um
2: one of my favorite parts
0: oh thank you for saying that (laughs) I tell you, Hunger Games, what an incredible experience Um, from booking the role and going to the callback to the whole experience of developing the character with Glenn Hetrick and V. Neal and um, them coming up with this beautiful, iconic, pivotal character. Um, So the makeup process, well, first thing is I was flown out to L.A. to get... um, to have uh, for prosthetic work. And mm-hmm. we I worked very closely with Glenn Hutrick and he did a body cast. Uh, and we sat down for the first time and he said, so have you ever had a body cast? Well, <laughs> I have had body cast before, you know. And I, I'm looking at him and I had done this film, uh, Space Truckers, where I played a biomechanical warrior and the special effects guy had you know, done a full body, like my neck down to my ankle body cast. Wow. I said, do you mean full body, like head to uh, feet or just head or just body? And he looks at me and he goes, when did you have a body cast on? I said, space truckers. He goes, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I worked on space truckers. And we had worked on the same project. And um, he just was in charge of something else instead of, you know, instead of my character. So, uh, yeah, I said, no problem. Yeah, I've had like four or five done. So we started off really well. And he was incredible to work with. He just, he and V are meticulous and precise, and they're so knowledgeable. They, uh, the makeup took, um, makeup, hair, and then getting me in wardrobe took about six hours. Wow. And I would arrive on set at, Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, it's quite an outfit. I think it's and I go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's another thing too. You know, being a former model, I, Kurt and Bart are were the um, designers, the wardrobe designers, and they said, "Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, have fun with your character." I said, "Yeah, come on, bring them on." <laughs> I said, "You are so much fun." I said, yeah, let me try them all on. See what you want to do. Come on, come on, come on. So we had a blast doing that. So it was kind of tough. Once you had the makeup on, you you couldn't put the out. You had to put the outfit on, one of the whatever the outfit was that I was doing. You had to do that after the makeup was on, and the makeup so delicate. I mean, I had mm-hmm. tattoos all the way down my arms, um, down my chest, uh, all on my shoulders, down my back, up my neck and then on my face, and even on my hands, I had tattoos. So it was important for the, um, for wardrobe, for the, for the, you know, one of the outfits that I wear, so you could, Mm -hmm. you could actually see through the fabric Mm -hmm. of the, of the arms, and then maybe see a little bit of my, um, a little bit of my chest and neck, so that you get that glimpse of fully tattooed she is but they would have I would have during that six hours so in the makeup chair let's say we, I'd get there at what 4.15 or something like that in the morning and um, they would start on the hair first and then go to the makeup chair and they do some sort of priming and prep and they go okay do you want anything to eat because this is the last time you're going to have a full meal Okay. Maybe that's (laughs) a six o'clock in the morning. Sure. (laughs) Bring it on. So, um, I would, there would be at least three people working on me at working on, and I just lie back, you know, lie down in the chair and they just put tattoos on and then the prosthetics and makeup and then the hair would come and they'd do stuff and then they'd go back to the makeup and everything. So it was a process, an incredible, wonderful process that I just, you know, meditate during it, and occasionally somebody would say something, and you know, wake up and go, "Oh, wait!" Laugh, and I'd laugh, <laughs> and then I couldn't laugh because I have a prosthetic on my face, and you can't, you know, if you put your hands, your fingers, next to the edge of your mouth, and you try to talk, just keep while not moving your mouth, then you know what what that prosthetic was like. The prosthetic went all the way down, up on my lip, to all around my lips, and I couldn't really move my
1: lip or
0: my eyes. You know, I've never had Botox, but I would imagine that (laughs) if someone has Botox, a lot of Botox in their face, that's what it would feel like. So, yeah, it was a blast. Um, It took about two hours to remove as well. Oh, my. I had nails. I had whiskers that they, I mean, these whiskers were, um, what was it? They were these little wires, but what they put in the prosthetic that was on my cheek were um, what is it? The what is it when they when they put uh, when someone does spray painting and you're an artist, you use what is the? It's like a little gun with the spray in it. Like an airbrush. Airbrush. So it's an airbrush little nozzle, right? Like the little bitty metal nozzle. Held the wire that were my uh, whiskers. Oh, wow. wow. On my face. Is that crazy? I yeah.
1: know. That is and a process. I
0: just, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. We did even a test as to what type of eyelashes would Tigris wear. And I thought, okay, I mean, there were all types. I mean, if you think of Epi Trinket and you think of oh, her character yeah. and all the different. Uh, makeup styles and she had crazy eyelashes. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we tried, we must have tried on like four four or five different ones. Like, what do you think of this? Well, no, this is a little obnoxious. No, how about this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just really fun and wild. Yeah. Well, the, the final the product is beautiful. Thank you. The shoes, oh my gosh, the shoes were beautiful. And you only get this very quick glimpse of those shoes. They were um, <laughs> handmade. Uh, actually, machine made, but they were made by an artist in Italy.
2: <laughs> we'll have to keep a lookout for those. <laughs> I may watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're they were pretty wild. Yeah, thank you for saying that.
1: I'm super excited for your answer to this next question. Uh, but you're yeah. going to be in The Conjuring Three: The Devil Made Me Do It. I'm a huge fan of the first one, and The Conjuring Two is one of my favorite horror movies in general ever. Uh, I know you can't tell us too much about it, but is there anything you can speak to us as far as maybe just a little bit about your role or just the experience on that set? I am beyond excited. I was so heartbroken when it got delayed a year, and I cannot wait to go see The Conjuring Mm. 3. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
0: I cannot talk about my role. So okay. we just have to wait till June for that. But the experience was you. incredible. I, I know. Well, I signed that little agreement that's called an NDA.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes, ma'am.
0: is a big company. That would, be pretty, that would be pretty upset if I did say anything. Um, so and it was an amazing experience working with um, everyone, the talent and the crew. What an incredibly talented crew. And it's going to be scary, scary with a capital S, gonna a Y. Big old time scary. You are going to love it. That is going to be your favorite one. Yeah, baby. That is what I want to tell you about that. Run. Don't race. <laughs> race. Run. Don't walk to go see that film. Yeah, baby.
1: Oh, oh you don't have to tell me. I'm going to be there. If you can, Yeah, it's gonna really be good. Well what was it I'm just gonna ask one more quick quick question about that before I wrap it up. What was it like working with uh Vera yeah. and Patrick? The, oh they're the, incredible. The Warrens, their relationship is what really makes the first two movies, just how how great they are together, the chemistry, their you know, the love they have on screen. I I absolutely love it.
0: <laughs> they have such a great relationship and you know they horse around all the time on set and uh, they're constantly teasing each other and playing practical jokes on one another and everybody laughs, it's not just them. I mean, everybody is used to it and the crew that are, that return for each one of these projects know them so they're used to those pranks. They're, in, they're incredibly fun, very generous actors and um, incredible to watch. I mean, to me, being on that set was, you know, going, well, going to an acting class because I got, I got to watch them and watch how they worked and how they approached their work and uh, see their relationship and see their process. It was fun. It was quite uh, interesting. Um, weren't the first two movies scary? Didn't you think they were scary?
1: Oh, I thought crazy. I saw both of them in the theaters. You? I saw the both. I saw both in the theaters. In the second one, I thought was so great. As soon as I walked out of the movie theater, I posted it on my Facebook it was the best movie I ever seen.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just I had to. My husband and I have what um, when we watch a scary movie, we have a process that uh, we call a pla- palate cleanser. We've got to if I watch it at home. Um, We've got to watch something neutralizing after just simple, like a funny half hour show or something, because I will dream about that and I cannot get that out of my head. I don't want the seed or the worm being planted in my head when I'm sleeping. It just, mm. so yeah. And you know what else was odd? So uh, I had booked fear of rain. Well, not odd, but really fun. Fun fact. I booked fear of rain and Here's Madison Eisman playing Rain. And then, while I'm working on Fear of Rain, I auditioned for and then book, Conjuring 3, and Madison Eisman was in, um, what was the uh, film she was in? with the, uh, I can't believe I can't Annabelle. It's not right in that timeline. Annabelle oh, Comes Home. Annabelle. What was it, Annabelle? Yes, Annabelle Comes Home. And I thought, now, isn't this an interesting mm-hmm you know, set of events that I you know, this happened and then this other thing happened, you know. Oh, okay. I'm booking a you know, uh something in the conjuring universe, so wow. Anyway, there you go. That was all I have to say about that. I
1: know (laughs) our audience I know our audience is super excited to watch the Conjuring Three. Uh Miss Eugenie, is there anything else coming up that you'd like to tell our audience about or Maybe give a shout-out to a social media or something like that before we let you go?
0: Absolutely. Um, I would like to give a shout-out, of course, to Fear of Rain. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook, obviously, and Twitter. And all the cast members, please follow. And you may follow me on Instagram at E U G UgeFondurant, so UgeFondurant. Uh, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Facebook is usually bondra Actress. And what else? What i like my audience to know about, well, there are projects that are in the works that have signed NDAs on, so I can't tell you about that. But I do have, I did direct last year my first short film. And that's at, uh, that's going to be showing at the upcoming Sunscreen Film Festival. And it's been getting a lot of recognition and for a lot of awards and it's been really fun. It's been really
2: cool. I'm excited. I'm excited Congratulations. Thank you.
1: Oh yeah. I can't wait. sounds great. Uh, just want to thank you for your time. This has been a wonderful interview. You you're a wonderful person. We really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm super, like <laughs> I said, I'm super excited for conjuring Three. I can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I know you're gonna. Reach out to me and let me know what you think about it.
1: Oh, I will. Don't you worry well, about which
0: that. You don't think
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time.
0: Yeah. Anyway, thank you very, very much. I look forward to uh, talking with you again. It was, oh, yes, ma'am. It was my pleasure. Bye bye.
1: And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, do good out there. feeling better we see that regularly with schizophrenia but it can't be cured okay hanging in there honey your father's gonna take the door off the hinges if you keep locking it Did you hear that? There was a, a girl next door screaming for help. Rain, there's nobody out here. There's a little girl in your attic, I saw her. There's no one up there. She's lying. You're telling me that your neighbor kidnapped a little girl and has her chained in her attic, right? Do you I that I just need you sense? to trust me. I do, all right? I... There's no one up there. Your mind is just playing tricks on you. Please stay away from that house. This is a serious accusation, one that will likely have equally serious consequences. What the hell, Ryan? said she works Monday through Friday, would have been helpful to mention it was at our school. Get it together. She's not real. There's no one up there. Your mind is just playing tricks on you. Your mind is just playing tricks on you.
0: You go over there, they will take you away from us. I don't care. What if it was me? I'm not just gonna
1: sit here. No! No, way!